welcome to the monthly Skill Bite Show, where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of Skill Bites and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. Skill Bites author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. Hi there, this is Judy Weintraub, CEO of Skill Bites, where we make it easy for authors to get their books written and published. I am delighted to have with me today, Marcy Nelson Garrison. Marcy is all about transforming lives through products. She helps others create successful products and she sells products through her online store. She also reviews products for Choice, the magazine of professional coaching. Her clients hire her when they're ready to finally claim their wisdom, develop their own unique voice, and create powerful products and programs that reflect who they are and make a difference and make money. Her programs include the Card Deck Masterclass, the Product Lab, and the Sacred Muse Mastermind. Marcy, we're so glad to have you with us today. Well, I'm thrilled to be here, Judy. It's it, I, it's my favorite topic, right? To talk about card decks and content. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, I'm curious about the concept of a card deck. Can you explain more what that is? I would love to say what that is. And what I would like to do first is just help tell your listeners that any medium can be a vehicle for your message. And that people want to get your message in multiple forms. And Hay House, if you ever notice, they they are like the premier example of that. Their authors have books, audio files, card decks, journals, online courses, the whole whole bit. You look at Brendan Bouchard, got all those pieces. Mike Dooley has all those pieces. So if you're out there shopping for an expert, on any topic, especially the one you're you're the one creating. <laughs> um, when somebody sees that you have all of this material on your topic, you've got your book, you've got a card deck, you've got an online course, you've got a downloadable audio, they're gonna think, oh my God, they're they're prolific, right? <laughs> they're the expert, they're the one I want to hire. So so just know that the more you can expand your book info into other mediums, the even more um, street cred you're going to have, <laughs> and the more people are going to be going, I want to work with you. <laughs> so now let's get to that card deck question, because not everybody knows what the heck I'm talking about when I say card decks. Um, but a card deck isn't new. It's We all grew up playing card games, right? You probably I played Crazy Eights, Old Maid, Slapjack. Do you play any of those, Judy? Yes. Yeah, I <laughs> played several of them. And and then also flashcards. I grew up with flashcards. They they usually were used to help you learn something. For me, it was the multiplication tables. And um, as you got older, maybe it's tarot cards that you're aware of, or or poker. Who knows? <laughs> so. Card decks themselves are not new, but thinking about creating one for your business might be new. 
Um, and somewhere between flashcards and tarot cards, there's an infinite number of possibilities for you to create a card deck tool that will open your client to intuitive wisdom, to teach them, to inspire them, to motivate them, to challenge them and more. And people in service industries in particular are starting to take note of that. Um, a card deck can really work in any niche. I mean, we most of us know about the Oracle and the Wisdom decks, but there are card decks about leadership, about emotional intelligence, about fitness, about parenting, about writing, about coaching skills, about strengths, creative problem solving. Um, to probably any niche you can think of, you could find a card deck out there around it. Um, it's kind of like a blank canvas. If you think of all these little cards as blank canvases that you can put your wisdom and expertise on and you can design it to be a tool that guides, you can design it to be a tool that inspires, you can, um, I, I love the, there's the fitness deck and I'm, I'm blanking on the name of it, but they have exercises on all the cards. And what they learned is that people had trouble sticking with a routine. So the cards give people a way to create new routines once a month. They can mix and match their cards and come up with a new routine. It's a simple concept, but it's a way to, to keep their expertise in front of people and keep people motivated. Well, I can certainly see how it would work with exercises or motivational quotes or things like that. But I'm not sure I fully appreciate how a card deck will help most authors of, say, business books. It, it would kind of, yeah, kind of depend on the focus of the book. Um, if you think of a card deck, so books, when you're learning business through a book, it's a lot of information. And sometimes people get through the whole book. Sometimes they don't have a lot of halfway through books, unfortunately. Um, but the thing about a card deck is that it's the antithesis of overwhelm. So it, it's a way for your clients to visit just a tiny, small nugget of information to be reminded of what you're teaching them. So if you think in terms of a companion piece, so, um, people get, you know, where do your clients get stuck? And what's the extra piece that will keep them coming back to your material and remembering how to use it or remembering why to use it or remembering who they could be if they use it? Um, so I think there's a lot of ways. I mean, the antithesis of overwhelm is one of the biggest differences between a card deck and a book because you break it down in those small nuggets. It also is engaging. So you, you really get to engage your client. There's, um, I'm thinking of business related decks. There was a deck on networking. Networking is a business um, practice that people do in order to build their business. And there's a lot of different ways to network. This card deck was all about different ways to network. So you could, and they were in different categories of networking. And there, it also included internal networking within a business. So you could just pick out a one small little bit <laughs> and um, do that today. So I, I, you know, different business, it all depends on what the business is, but I bet we could find a card deck idea 
in any business book concept. It's, hmm. it's just a powerful tool. And you know what you can do with a card deck that you cannot do with a book? And that's why you want both is because if you speak, and I think a lot of authors speak, they're out there in the public. That's how they're, they're creating keynotes. They're talking to business groups. It's how they're getting a message out. What you can do with a card deck is you could place a card on every seat in the audience. And I know we're going to be back in person again eventually. <laughs> and then somewhere during your talk, you could have people find that card, talk to their neighbor about what, what that made them think of, how it, you know, where it took them. And so just getting an experience of your card, it deepens the learning of what you're teaching, but it also makes people see the value of it. And it makes an easy run to the back of the room to buy the card deck and the book. So it's, it's just a way to get the room crackling with energy and makes your concepts come alive in some new ways. So. Interesting. So if I had an author who was thinking about converting their book into a card deck, uh -huh. how would they go about actually doing that? Well, I think you, you want to start with the con content. So it's a great question because the book itself is the gold mine. And so if you're open to me sharing my screen, I'd love to go through a series of prompts sure. um, for people. And it, it's just a place... I think if you're all listening to this later via recording, you can pause anywhere you want along the way to answer these questions, but we'll get you started anyway. So let me share my screen. Make it big. So what we wanna do is just I've got like about six questions and it's really a way to start to look at your book content for ideas that could be converted into a card deck. So the first one uh, is, does your book suggest steps or a process? You can always sort of break down those steps. <clears throat> also keep in mind, I'm looking at this for a card deck but it might also trigger ideas for a course or something else. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, the more ways you can express your, your message, the better. Um, so steps or process can be converted into a card deck, whether it's a, a card sort process where you use it as an assessment tool or um, a, a series of reflections you go through. So that's a place to look first. The next is to ask yourself, what do my readers need? So they're reading my business book. Do they need help with inspiration? Do they need help with reflecting on their life with my business principles? Do they need motivation? Do they need to be taking action? And I think once you can identify what your readers need, it will really help you focus on how you could create a card deck to give your readers that, give them daily action, for example, or daily motivation or inspiration.
The next thing is, does your book suggest suits or categories? You know, if, if so, what would they be? Some, sometimes I've looked through chapters of books and you can just see real clearly that, that they suggest categories and then you could combine them into suits. Um, I'm trying to think if I have an example of that. Are these suits sort of like uh, diamonds, clubs, hearts, and spades? That kind of thing? <laughs> well, it would be more like, for example, I have a card deck that's the coach training tool. Since mm -hmm. so it's, it's about teaching people how to coach. So I have three suits. And the first suit is all about simple and curious questions. The second suit is about a little deeper dive, expanding. And then the third suit is about action, questions to get people into action. So th those are the suits in um, that are in my deck. The one I talked about with networking, I think there were five categories and they were different types of networking activities that all seemed to sort of fall in a category. But yeah, comparable to playing cards, hearts, diamonds, etc. They but they don't they're not limited to four. <laughs> and um, you can name them any any way you want. So great question. <laughs> Um, the next place is to look at each chapter heading individually. Um, if this chapter were a card deck, what could it be? And I picked a book just, just for fun and just to kind of give an example. I don't have my own book to talk to you about. So I just picked one off my bookshelf. And it, it's called Creativity in Business. And one of the chapter headings was destroy judgment, create curiosity. That's a great chapter heading, by the way. It just really could get the creative juices flowing. But the question is, how could I make that concept interactive? So people could really get it, really learn it, really practice it. So a card deck with two suits came to mind. So one suit would be judgment busters, how to break people out of different judgments. And the other suit would be curiosity stimulators, ways to be more curious. Does that ha also help give an idea of what a suit could be? Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. Another place to look is some of your favorite passages in a book. So I know the things I'm picking really relate more to me because I'm creative and spiritual and um, love feminine energy. So this next one kind of fits that too. So first of all, you just want to see if there are product possibilities in that passage, you know, really look at some of the key words and, or does it suggest um, a card deck? So I pulled, the book I pulled is an oldie. It's been on my shelf for 25 years. It's Maureen Murdoch's The Heroine's Journey. And this is the passage that jumped out to me. Um, the vision and power of the feminine is represented in depictions of virgin, mother, and crone, the spider, snake, and bird, the vessel, cave, and grill, the mountain, water, and trees, as well as specific goddess figures. 
And I, I'm sure that jumped out to me because it was so visual, <laughs> just all kinds of visual in there. But it immediately started bringing up potential product ideas just from that passage. I mean, it could, could be a journal, it could be a coloring book, it could be an eight week online course focused on the energy of particular symbols of feminine energy. It could be a year long art journaling practice. But where it took me in terms of a card deck was just the three suits, virgin, mother and crone. And maybe having beautiful illustrations of all the different ways those energies could be depicted and then how to activate the energy of each. Now, if it were business, there might be three core stages of growth, for example, in your business that, that could be um, really turned into suits and little motivational or action-oriented things under each of those phases of your business development. So that's how it could translate in the business world a little bit. So the next place to look would be <clears throat> look for recurring words or slogans or quotes in your book that you could maybe repurpose. You know, could those statements inspire readers or call them to action or educate them in small bite-sized nuggets? I think of my mentor who, who teaches coaches how to grow their business. Um, and we tease her that she has she has buckets of Gina-isms. <laughs> it's like, it's those things that she says all the time that always lift you up, always inspire you, always, always have you going, oh yeah, I forgot. Oh yeah, I forgot. So there are probably those things showing up in your book too, those, those core statements or words or slogans that repeat. So Kind of, kind of look for those because they could be the seed for turning it into a card deck. So actually, you know, the possibilities are really quite um, extensive <laughs> as far as um, where you could go and where you could look to actually start getting the seeds to turn your content into a different format. Yeah, that was very helpful. Thank you. So do you have other specific strategies to help people tap into their creativity? I do. That's why I left my slide up. <laughs> I, do have, I do. And here's what I believe about creativity. It actually requires two things. It requires stimulus and it requires permission. And I bet you see that with your authors all the time, sometimes they just need permission to trust themselves and to know that what they're sharing is worth sharing and it's important. Um, and then the, and also permission to experiment and play, to stretch a little out of their comfort zone. Stimulus is what, what gives us the ideas. <clears throat> there used to be a show, um, I, what was the name of it? I don't know if you, I remember the name of it, but it was a guy who was a scientist and his brother was an FBI agent. Do you, do you ever watch, does that ring a bell for you? <laughs> no, not offhand. It would just, 
he would always be helping his brother with the FBI cases, but he'd watch his mind work. It would be the oddest thing that would just happen in day-to-day life, a little bit of stimulus that would trigger a new idea. And he'd go, oh, because that, that stimulus is putting two things together that weren't put together before, and it just opens you up to different ways of thinking. So I created something I called the Circles of Stimulus as a way to introduce different kinds of stimulus to whatever creative process you're engaged in, just to get your creative juices flowing. And the first one, the one in the center, uh, the yellow circle, that's called close to home. And this is about finding stimulus that's really close at hand. So it's looking at your passions, it's looking at your interests, your training, things you've already written, client work, emails, <laughs> emails, all the questions you answer for your customers. Um, and this is where we just played because where we were looking with all those prompts about your content was close to home because you had the book content and we're looking and playing with that. So that's stimulus that's close to home. The next circle out is called the cognitive mall. <clears throat> And this is where you're looking for stimulus um, at intersections between divergent fields. It's very cool to look at other industries, even unrelated industries, for ideas on how they put things together. Um, and there's a lot of cross-pollination that can happen there. One, it also includes cognitive tools. So a lot of you might be familiar with Scamper. That's one of the most popular cognitive tools and SCAMPER is an acronym and each letter stands for some way to manipulate your information to come up with new ideas. For example, S stands for substitute. What could you substitute for this? C stands for combine. And each of the letters have some different activities engaged with them. So that's a cognitive tool, but, it's, but it is, like I said, really cool to look at unrelated professions or fields of study. And I love this story from a book called um, The Medici Effect. Are you familiar with that one, Judy? It's I think I have heard of it, but I don't think I've read yeah. it. There's just uh, lots of good stories about create creativity. Um, but the, they tell the story of an architect and his name is Mick Pierce. And he was challenged to build a building that, that used no air conditioning or really limited air conditioning. And this building was gonna be in Zimbabwe. So that's, that's, a, hot, that's a hot place. <laughs> so they wanted, to, they wanted to reduce their cost of air conditioning. It turns out that Mick Pierce was also very interested in natural ecosystems and he had studied termites. And he, he went back to termites because termites build mounds in, in very um, arid, hot environments, and they are able to keep their mounds at a constant 87 degrees. So he studied the method of how those insects did that, and he was able to convert some of that physics to his architecture plan, and he succeeded in greatly reducing the cost of air conditioning in this building. That's just such a cool example of totally unrelated things coming together and creating something absolutely new. I, I love that. 
Um, yeah, although uh, studying termites must have been an interesting thing to do. <laughs> Guess you have to kind of take them apart. I suppose. <laughs> or certainly somehow pay attention to how they build their their um, little mounds. Yeah. I don't know how you study. I don't know how you study termites. I just know that he did. <laughs> Wouldn't, wouldn't be mine, but we all have different hobbies and activities and interests that we could um, do some cross-pollination with. And it's a very cool place to look for creative ideas. And then the outer circle, I call that the cosmic soup. And people in business often shy away from things that involve intuition, but that's an incredible source for ideas. Sometimes you just have to let the pushing forward on a new idea settle and see what just shows up through meditation or through walking or through um, anything that gets you out of your head. <laughs> you know, they always say you wake up in the morning and in the shower, you come up with an idea because you've you, it's just been simmering and you let it go. And it's, it's more... Um, letting the universe sort of work on it and bubble something up. But you can also actively invite that sort of intuitive um, guidance. And so I'd love to um, give people an experience of tapping into the cosmic soup. And, and I personally love to use visual images as a way to stimulate new thinking. So I really want you to, to you know, agree to play a little bit and allow your intuition to give you something. Um, pictures are good because we don't censor visual images in the same way we do cognitions. And it also <clears throat> leverages the mind's natural ability to make associations. So it can actually, they can actually take you somewhere new. And that's why they're so much fun. And I usually pair images with an open-ended question. So I'm gonna do that. And the question I'm gonna use is, you know, what's the, and it could work for your book as well as for a potential card deck or a potential other thing. Um, it's, it's an important question for all of them. And it's what is the impact you want your message to have? So I'm gonna, I'm showing you some images and I really want you to hold the question. What's the impact I want my message to have? And then just allow your intuition to guide you to a picture. Sometimes it feels like the picture just chooses you. Um, it's definitely a right brain choice. And you don't have to know necessarily why you're picking that image, because I'm going to walk you through a few questions to help you get a little more clarity about your response to the image. But what I'd like to do is give you about 15 seconds to. Um, to actually pick an image. And the important thing is to not overthink, just let go and find the image that's right for you. Okay, hopefully you have an image. So I'm gonna walk you through just a few questions. You wanna jot down some notes about, about the image and you may want to pause the 
recording as you go. Um, the first question is just what drew you to the image? What, what stood out? And make a note or two about that. And normally if I'm doing this in a group program, I would give you like 30 seconds per question, but I'm gonna let you pause the, the recording yourself to do that. So the next question is, what are three words you would use to describe this image? What are three words you would use to describe this image? And then the next question is, does it take you somewhere? Does it trigger a memory or suggest a metaphor for you? And then finally, you know, just sort of looking at your answers that you've just jotted down about the picture, what is the message that this image has for you about the impact that you want your message to have in the world? What's the message this picture has for you? I'm gonna stop sharing, come on back. Were you able to do that or did we move too fast? <laughs> no, that, that was an interesting exercise. Um, I, I picked the woman with the scarf that's sort of flowing behind her. Yeah. Um, and it sort of conveyed a sense of freedom. Um, so free and flowing and fun were kind of what occurred to me. And um, the message dealt with the success that you can get from your business when you have a business book that gives you that freedom to live the life that you're aiming to live. Nice. And you, I bet you knew that already, but somehow having that image, does it make it a little more real or a little more... <clears throat> You can feel it differently. Um, I'm not sure if it makes me feel differently, but it might make me think more about um, images, the use of images when explaining mm -hmm. what I want <laughs> my uh, prospects yeah. to feel uh, that would right. motivate them to want to get their books done. Well, that and, and also tapping into what they want, like what's their image? of what they want people to experience because that can be really motivating to have that. Uh, so I have another question for you, Marcy. People can think of a book and know that there's gonna be some return on investment from book sales and from getting people into programs or um, group coaching or things like that. Are there similar avenues for uh, getting a return on investment from a card deck? Yeah, there, it, there are, um, they are profitable. And for one thing, people who buy card decks buy a lot of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm a testament to that, I have a bazillion card decks. However, I think that a lot of the same things a book can do, a card deck can do, because you can still 
bundle it with a class. You can use it to create a course. You can use it to speak. You can use it for those things. And, you know, I think the first way, just like the book, it's direct sales is your first avenue of making money. And I just had a client talk to me the other day, a past graduate from my class, and she said she's been selling her card deck on Amazon. She doesn't have a book. She just has the card deck. And she's been getting six sales a day. And she's pretty thrilled about that. So that's pretty nice return. She was looking at doing a third printing and going for 4,000 this time because she's selling so many of them. Um, I My card deck is a training tool. So I tend to get bigger orders. I get a lot of individual orders too, but I'll get an order for 30 decks or 100 decks or things like that because they're they're interactive. They can be used in a group setting where people are engaging and using the tool. Um, I think that if it's a process in the card deck, you can think about licensing the process. I, I, it, I always love the idea of bundling. Whether you bundle a book or a card deck or both into a group program, it just beefs up the perceived value and you can charge more. And like I said, the more things you have, the more um, opportunities there are for you to look really impressive and like you're prolific. <laughs> so, um, there is, I just heard of a new platform now that's that where you can upload your deck in a virtual format and sell a virtual deck without having to create your own app. Huh. And so that's a really pretty exciting new, new thing that's happening. And he's going to be marketing directly to consumer. And he's got a lot of built-in interaction with the platform. So how people can use your card deck. So I think that's exciting because that, for a lot of people, just like if you're printing your own book, that's it can be costly. And you know that the the lower, the more you produce, the lower your cost per item, you know, the economy of scale. Same thing with the card deck. So having that virtual option is a really nice first step for many before they invest in the card deck. Um, what is the investment? You know, a really it's kind of all over the place. Um, it's probably a little different than a book because you have packaging. I think with, with a book, you might not, but it, if it's a really simple card deck, the actual design production is fairly low cost. It just depends on how many you print. Um, if you do a small run to test it out, you're not gonna have a lot of margin. Um, you don't get margin until you produce in quantity, really, if you're selling it elsewhere. Uh, it just depends if you have a two-part box, if you have a tuck box, if you, if you um, are selling it as part of a training package. You know, there's just, I can tell you what it costs for my deck. The last printing I did was recent, like a year ago. It's my fourth edition. And it's, it was already designed, just need, needed some updates, dates, copyright, that kind of thing. So it was about $12,000 12, for 2,500 decks. So the average cost, my cost per deck is about $6 and I'm selling the deck for $26.95. So, you know, you do your, you do your um, numbers to see, you know, how many do you have to sell to break even? 
it's always a good number to figure out. You may do have people do that with the book as well. How many do you have to sell to get your investment back? You do the same with a card deck. So, and you can always test it out. I think for a lot of people testing it out virtually, testing it out with print on demand to just build the audience and see if there is interest before producing in quantity is a good idea. And I bet you say the similar things to your, to your authors, right? Yeah, yeah, you definitely don't get the return on investment from the sale of the book. Uh, you get it from getting new customers that are right. likely to buy your programs. Yeah, yeah. Now, Marcy, I believe you had mentioned that you have a gift for the listeners today. I do. I don't have a, I was going to put a picture of it on the slide and I didn't. But it's, it's an infographic called 10 Ways to Profit from Creating Your Own Card Deck. It's an infographic ebook. So there's examples of each of the categories. And it really gets into these things we've been talking about from direct sales to affiliate sales to licensing to using it to get speaking gigs to use it to build community. I mean, there's like, like a book, there are ways to make money from it that aren't just direct selling. And it, it just, there are 10 of them. So it's a, it's a really great gift. And I'd also love to provide the slides for that exercise so people can listen and actually make some notes as they go to start getting some ideas. Like I said, I know, Judy, you say creating a program is a great way to leverage your book. Um, so the prompts I have for you can help you do that as well as maybe look for a card deck idea. So it's, it's worth doing the exercises. Excellent. Well, your slides will be part of the recording. So they'll yeah. see those pictures as well. Yeah. Very good. All right. So any other parting words that you might have for our listeners? I, I, I do, you know, um, I, I think that every is unique like you are each the product of your personal journey your life experiences your training your expertise those things that inspire you and all of those things make you unique and they shape your contribution they shape how you um, present to the world, they shape how you interpret things. And there are people out there that maybe have heard what you teach 50 times, but there's something about the way you teach it that all of a sudden they go, now I get it. So never underestimate, even if you other people are teaching your general idea, that what you bring to it is unique and people need your message. Excellent. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> this is Judy Weintraub from Skill Bites, and we've been listening to Marcy Nelson Garrison. Marcy, thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. <laughs>